This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Seventeen weeks, four quarters, sixty minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive Podcast. I'm Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. Super Bowl has finally come and gone, Cordell, and the Kansas City Chiefs have won their third and the Patrick Mahomes era four total uh, since their inception. And, of course, there's talk about legacy and dynasty and all of these things. They've gone to four Super Bowls. They've won 75% of the ones that they've gone to. Um, and it, it, it differs how they win these Super Bowls because this this year, I think that they heavily relied on their defense because they were good. And they, you know, Patrick Mahomes didn't have to, be he didn't have to do be the end all be all for lack of better term he didn't have to do it all you know what I'm saying he could allow himself to live to see another down live to see another series and allow their defense who did a phenomenal job to um, do their thing so uh, on the flip side you have the San Francisco 49ers you have Kyle Shanahan has been to four Super Bowls as a coordinator or a coach he's 0 for 4 this time around um and so he's still waiting to have his first Super Bowl so when you watched the game um on Sunday what what, what did you get what take what was what glared to you or something that stood out to you uh regarding that game yeah I mean um first with Kansas City uh their defense was incredible um I am a huge, huge fan of their DBs. Um, I, I love Trent McDuffie. I mean, that dude is is one is quickly in his first two years in the NFL has become one of my favorite players to watch. I mean, I watched. I know Debo got hurt later on in that game, but even before Debo got hurt, Trent McDuffie was taking Debo completely out of the game. Honestly, um, he made plays down the field. He, I mean, he's an all-pro slot corner this year, and he played like one in that game. Um, I love Lejarius Sneed as well. Yep. Um, 
he, he had a he had that one penalty late in the game. But other than that, I thought he played pretty flawless. Brandon Ayuk only had, I think, three catches in the game. Um, Which is crazy Kittle, to me. Yeah, I mean, all their receiving weapons were a no-show. Kittle, Ayuk, uh, uh, and Kittle, Kittle does that, though. Kittle will Look. disappear on you in big games for some reason. I don't know what that's about. Yeah, I don't I don't quite get it either. I mean, he can't throw the ball to himself. I get that. Um, but it's weird. It is weird how he can kind of disappear, which is a shame because I think every time he touches the ball, he has a chance to score. So this that could be just a situation of sometimes having too many options to pick from. Um, and somebody's got to be the odd man out and, you know, Usually it, it is George Kittle at times. Um, but Christian McCaffrey was there for them. I, I just I just I just think the getting back to the Chiefs, I think the defense really stepped up. So many times yeah. offense um couldn't put a drive together or turn the ball over, or it just seemed like there was an opportunity for the Niners to take control of the game. And that that Chiefs defense stood tall each time. They had some moments where they were in in a bend but don't break mode. As yep. well. they they the Niners get all the way up the field, and the Chiefs yep. force them to into a field goal or turnover. So I, I thought that the Chiefs defense was exceptional in that game. They are clearly a championship defense, and I still think to this day people aren't talking enough about how good. Uh, that defense really is on the other well, side. Well, you know why, though. Well, yeah, because I mean, you always is the quarterback, and yeah. Travis Kelsey is the tight end, so they lose right. a lot of. They don't get the shine that they deserve. And Steve Spagnola, to me, deserves another opportunity as well to be a head coach. He's done phenomenal. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that no one has kind of went out for him. Maybe, maybe, and maybe he doesn't want to be. Maybe he's he's enjoying winning championships as a defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. And he's like, I'm good on this. I don't have to, you know, oversee anything anymore. I'm still winning. So shout out to him, man. I don't know if that's the case. I'm just right. hypothetically speaking. Yeah, I'm just I mean, yeah. It makes sense. That's where I that's what right. I think. That's what exactly. I think. I mean the dude has been one of the best, if not the best postseason defensive coordinator in the NFL. I would say over the last five seasons plus. I mean, you got to go back to what he did with the Giants against Tom Brady those two Super Bowl years as well. I mean, this dude's track record in January and February is there. My only thought to this point is that maybe he is comfortable where he is. You sometimes being a coordinator is where you need to be. I look at a guy like Eric Bieniemy who I think will eventually end up right back in Kansas City in the same role he's been in as an offensive coordinator. And at the end of the day, I don't think there's any shame in that. You know, you, you're getting success. You're you're going with what works. It is less stressful um, being a, a coordinator and just controlling one side of the ball instead of having to control everything on the team. So, yeah, I mean, Spags is in a good situation with Reed, and who knows what will happen. I know Andy's coming back next year, but who knows how long Andy's going to do this. Yeah. And maybe, just like everybody was wanting the Ravens to do with Mike McDonald and John Harbaugh, maybe that'll be the case with Steve Spagnola, Steve Spagnola and, uh, and the Chiefs. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, Patrick Mahomes wins his third MVP, Super Bowl MVP. Um, the dude is incredible. I don't even yeah. care 
more. It's not even for shock value. I'm not even come. I'm not even hiding it anymore. The dude is the best I've seen. He he is the best quarterback. He's the he 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 is by. It's, I'm not going to say by far because there have been some incredible talents at the position, but the dude is the best quarterback I've seen in my lifetime. I don't think there's any shame in saying that anymore. Sure, he's got to catch up to Brady in terms of the Super Bowls and stuff, but just like how we talked about the other day, uh, when it came to Lamar getting that MVP, it's that's a team award. I'm looking at him individually and the type of talent that he is. The dude can do things that I haven't seen other quarterbacks be able to do, and even quarterbacks that can do it, he can do it at a higher level and yeah. on a more consistent basis. You take away his number one wide receiver, who just happens to be a top three wide receiver in the NFL, and all he does is go and win back-to-back Super Bowls without him. I mean, what do you, <laughs> what do you say about this dude at this yeah. point? It's just, he's done it without a defense. He's done it with a defense. He's done it without a running game. He's done it with a running game. He's done it with receivers. He's done it without receivers. He's done it with different offensive coordinators. It's, it's nothing you can say about Patrick Mahomes. So he has cemented himself as the best individual t- talent-wise quarterback for me right now that I've seen um, in my lifetime to this point. On the flip side, um, the, the 49ers had opportunities, man. It felt like that they had some opportunities. They, there were turnovers. There were, you know, overthrown balls or balls that, that did not get to open receivers. And this is not me, you know, um, going after Brock Purdy because I, I, I want to be clear. I think that Brock Purdy is a very good football player. I do. I also think that Brock Purdy is a limited good ball player. I mean, football player. Did I say good ball player? <laughs> yeah. He's also a limited football player. I think that there's a reason why he was Mr. Irrelevant, because there's some intangibles that NFL execs feel like that they need that he did not possess. And he was passed over all 32 teams numerous times. Okay, going to be clear on that. Has he uh, ascended himself from that title? Yup, absolutely. Has he gotten help with the, the guys that's around him? Yes. Absolutely. And there were some throws, honestly, Cordell, that guys that have a better skill set are going to connect on that he didn't. But he, he did play well, but those incompletions were huge. There were, again, there was, I think Brandon Ayuk is wide open and he just overthrows him in the end zone. You know what I'm saying? There's there's a play to Debo Samuels that's a first down that he probably can, can run up after gets after the catch and get some extended yards, he misses them and he's open. You know, then there's t- times that he was making some ill-advised decisions. Like there's a slant pass that he tried to throw to somebody and he, the dude is not open at all. I mean, he's the, the, the chief, I think Sneed, I think it's Sneed that's on him. He's on him like a cheap suit and you decided to throw it anyway. Um, so I just, I say that to say, while I think Purdy is a very good football player, I think that we have to, I hope that we're brought down to earth a little bit because there was a lot of conversations about, oh, if he wins this game, he's, I consider him to be elite. You don't have to though. We can just consider Brock Purdy to be a good football player that has good weapons around him. And it was never going to be more than that. And the only way we're really going to know Cordell is if Brock Purdy is better then a game manager is when he goes somewhere else or when he has less weapons in San Francisco, a la Tom Brady, which I think by the time Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, we did have a consensus that Tom Brady was a, oh. it, it wasn't the system anymore. 
Brock Purdy, I'm still not convinced that it's not the system and the players that are uh, uplifting his play at this point. Yeah, I mean, and I, th- I don't, I don't think that's a problem. Look, I, I, I've been told that I can be soft on quarterbacks, and maybe I am. Maybe I am <laughs> because I, I, I think that they, and 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 I do it on the flip side. I don't just give quarterbacks all the credit and wins, and I don't just give them all the blame and losses. I try to stay as consistent as possible with that. Um, I will say this. You're, you're right. I mean, he definitely isn't the most skilled quarterback in the NFL. And it's nothing wrong with saying that. It's not. I, 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 also don't, I also think that while he is Mr. Irrelevant, it's a lot of teams that regret passing over him. I think he's still a top. 12 quarterback in the NFL right now. I, I would take him to be a starter on my football team. Today. Well, he's a starter regardless, right? And, and, yeah. and a very small group of people because thirty there's only 32 starting quarterbacks. Right. So that says a lot about him as is that he's been able to keep that job for as long yeah. as he's had. And he has helped elevate that team. I mean, the, the pieces around him is what it is. Contrary to belief to a lot of people, Everybody needs help. No quarterback is going out there and throwing the ball to himself. Everybody needs weapons around them. Everybody needs good coaching. Everybody needs a scheme that fits their play style. He's no different. Um, I, I think I think for him, he's going to get a, the brunt of the blame because it's the Super Bowl, it's the big stage. He's the quarterback. I understand. And it's that. not, yeah, and it's not all on him that, for that sure. Line had the worst day of their of the season. Trent However, they start off hot. They huh? started off hot. They did start off hot. now. At one point, they couldn't have touched Purdy. As the game went on, though, it got, it got terrible. It got, got terrible. And I don't know how that. I mean, I don't know like how that happened. Like. For the first quarter and three fourths, I was like, okay. But then I don't know. After that, it was like, well, did y'all know that y'all were playing football today? Well, well Spags, going on? Credit, Spags turned the heat up quite yes, a he bit. Did. Um, as the game progressed, he turned the heat up and he turned and he, and he started to send pressure in situations where defensive coordinators usually don't. Um, he got aggressive in the red zone. He's been in the house um, in some of those red zone situations that threw yep. Brock Purdy's timing off. He had one where Brandon Ayuk was clearly frustrated because he's wide open in the end zone and Purdy doesn't even have the time to even look, go, go through his progressions. And Purdy, just, and that says a lot because Purdy's, one thing he is elite at is going through his progressions fast. I mean, he gets through them lightning quick. And for him to not even be able to get to Ayuk on that play, that was a one of the prime examples of uh, the, the pressure continuously getting to him. But yeah, Purdy, he missed some throws. I mean, shoot, you got McCaffrey putting the ball on the foot on the field. On the first drive of the game, those they, they just had some uncharacteristic things happen, similar to like the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. But this is why the champs are the champs because they find a way to limit those situations where they're beating themselves. And the Chiefs didn't play flawless. They left the door open a couple of times for the Niners to build on momentum, but they couldn't. They couldn't. And that that's this time of year. I think people get caught because it's going to be a lot of things said about Kyle Shanahan. But to me, look, I still think Kyle's a great coach. It's I do too. That it's, it's gone for him not being able to win this game, but it's not like he's losing to scrubs. I mean, he's losing to Andy Reid, and in my opinion, the best quarterback to play this game. 
I get it. It's 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 been unfortunate for him. Um, he's got the best team. I'll stand by that. The Chiefs were the. I mean, the Niners are. I think were the better team going into this game. Oh, for sure. I, in terms of a personnel perspective, right. yes. Yeah, he he had the better team, so I get it. You know, I'm not absolving him of blame. And then you you start to find out just some of the micromanaging things that go into coaching when you hear that the Chiefs understood the overtime rules. And oh, I was, thank you for bringing that up. Thank you. Because the, Niners didn't, the Niners didn't even go over it. It's just little things like that. The part that I have a problem with, though, Cordell, even if you didn't know that beforehand, which I, I am judging, coaches who are responsible for relaying that information, they explained it at the coin flip. They told y'all how this was going to go. So nobody was listening. Like, nobody was like, hey, y'all, did y'all know that there was a new check rule? I mean, you know, the overtime rules was different than how we remembered it before. No, That's the part that I can't comprehend. I'm already judging you because you didn't know it prior to, right? But I guess people make mistakes, whatever. But they told you. Right before overtime started. Mm -hmm. And you still did not no. And I have a problem. I just have a problem with that because where was the comprehension in that moment from anybody on the San Francisco 49ers squad? Coaches, players, the assistant, somebody's mama. Like nobody, my, my mama was embarrassed. Okay. My mama is in her 70s and, and halfway don't remember nothing. But she remembered the overtime rule. She was embarrassed mm -hmm. for them. She, they should be embarrassed. If my 70 plus year old mama can remember the overtime rules and y'all out there playing the football game and y'all did not. Yeah, I mean that 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 was bad. And then I didn't even mention the Dre Green loss injury. That I oh, think that God, changed, that's another one. That changed the game, I thought, quite a bit. Um, I think the linebacker that took his place, uh, I think Mahomes he he completed everything. Everything that was that that linebacker was in coverage for, he completed almost a perfect uh passer rating against that. Greenlaw absolutely his absence absolutely changed the game. That, that that was a huge blow for the Niners and it it just started to feel like the momentum was shifting yeah. towards Kansas City. You got the muff punt. Kansas City scores on the first play on that drive. Just so many different things. And then the creativity. Yet again, for the second year in a row, creativity in the red zone wins the Chiefs the Super Bowl. We saw it last year against the Eagles in the second half. Those motion plays on those two touchdowns in the red zone in the second half changed the game. We mm -hmm. see it overtime perfect i mean just the the play detail and the creativity is, is the thing that i think that the league is still chasing behind when it comes i agree to they are they have no limit to what they will do on the football field and i think that there are teams out there that still play football in a box yeah you're going to do that cool but you're limiting yourself and you're, you're taking easy layup plays. That touchdown was the easiest play of the game. The easiest play of the game. I mean, I, I just love everything about the Chiefs organization right now. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. From top to bottom, they got it. They do it the right way. They've done it a variety of different ways. Um, and I just don't see them going away anytime soon. I completely agree with you. I, you know, what? How, how do you stop the Chiefs? Not really sure. Don't have an answer. You know, um, and so I think that that is something that everyone is going to find out before we leave uh, this topic. I think what hurt the most is Chris Jones acknowledging that the Ravens were the best team in the NFL. And, and they felt like that once they got over that hump, essentially, mm -hmm. it's for the taking. Yes, 
Ravens players, fans, whoever, you should feel a way about hearing that because while it was true, they just didn't get the job done. So somebody else had to do it. Only one champion at the end of the year and the Kansas City Chiefs are once again Super Bowl champions. And that's just what it is. So and I thought that was the consensus going into the AFC Championship game. For me, for sure. the winner of this game is going to win the Super Bowl. And yeah. that's how I went. Which is why I hate the whole the the whole Justin Tucker was trying to be intimidated to Travis Kelsey. No, actually, while y'all have been there before, the Chiefs for sure, right? Um, they knew who they was going up against. So that bad that 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 bad boy persona was probably pumping them up to be like, we gotta slay the beast here. Mm-hmm. And that that's the part that I'm like, ah, I'm not buying none of that, what y'all selling with this whole Justin Tucker thing. I think that y'all knew what it was, and y'all was trying to be intimidating against the better team, which I don't know if it worked or not. We just know one team won and one team didn't on that day. So there it is. Uh, Let's talk about Zay Flowers here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So right after Cordell, you and I recorded our last podcast. I mean, literally minutes later, Mm -hmm. um, the news had dropped, which is why you didn't hear about it up until now. Right. So it's a little late news, I guess, because now you've heard about Zay Flowers being investigated for an alleged domestic uh, assault. Um, and so it, again, it dropped literally right after you and I finished our last podcast. We didn't have an opportunity to talk about it. Um, as of right now, it doesn't appear to be any additional news that has come out. Uh, but you know, I'm going to hand this over to you, uh, in terms of like, because you're always, you're at the castle. So you're pretty much, um, aware of everything that's going on. Uh, but if you, don't know, I guess, where we are as of right now, this is what it is. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the Baltimore Banner had put out the report that uh, Zay, that the police were called to Zay's home. Um, the It's funny, the report says uh, it, it just in January, and I think uh, I saw other reports indicating that this was sometime before the Chiefs game, um, but I, Jonah Schaefer, who was a part of the the group that put this report, the initial report out for the banner was on with inside access um, on 105.7, a fan. And he mentioned that 
uh, neighbors had said that they saw police outside Zay's house. This was before the Texans game. Um, so this is now, you know, this is this is before this is before the divisional round at this mm-hmm. point. Um, so they, they, you know, they said there was a disturbance and um, no police report has been filed. She did, I guess, the, some a woman did call nine one one in distress and ended up hanging up, saying that there was no longer an emergency. They called back. She picked up and pretty much ended up hanging up again. Um, and I think there was a report filed out in Massachusetts and they're trying to, of course, get Baltimore County police to handle it since the incident took place in Baltimore County. And now I guess the latest thing is that legis- uh, Baltimore legislators are trying to get the 911 call audio released um, to the public. Um, so this thing is ongoing. The Ravens have put out the statement, you know, that day that the report came out saying that uh they were aware of the report and they take these situations seriously and they didn't have anything else to really say at the time. So that's what we are today in terms of just analyzing this whole thing and trying to break this down. Number one, it's unfortunate. That's that's one thing. It's unfortunate um, that anybody has to deal with domestic violence. Um, That's just not something that I feel like anybody uh, needs to be a part of. Um, if this did indeed happen, uh, I mean, the Ravens, we all know where the Ravens stand. I mean, owner Steve Bashotti has said it himself after the Ray Rice situation. He's kind of drawn that line in the sand. And I think people are going to be looking at him to see, are you going to, you know, be stick to your word or do, does it have, you know, certain guidelines? Is it different now that you need Zay. I mean, if we're just being blunt, they need him. They, he's he's one of their few first round pick wide receivers to hit. Um, yeah, he's he looks like a staple of the future of this team. So, yeah, it it feels it's, it's one thing to to say it, and you know, um, the 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 video of Ray Rice comes out because people forget that's that's kind of what got the ball rolling on this. Right, right. Not the allegation, but the actual footage. Exactly. So um it's it's and 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 if if this is true that this happened before the Texans game and Zay ends up playing not only that game and the Chiefs game, you would have to imagine that that means that the Ravens played him with knowing that this possibly happened and, and they played him anyway. So it's a lot of things that are going to come from this. Um it's unfortunate because Zay, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know how if it's true or not, but he is. This is now putting him in a position to throw all of this away at such an early stage in his career, at such a young age. It's just unfortunate um, all around. So we'll see how it unfolds as this stuff continues to come out. But this is definitely not the start to the off season that the Ravens wanted. Completely agree. And so obviously, you know, as more information comes out, we'll be talking about that. But as of right now, it's still very minimal that we do know um, mm-hmm. regarding the situation that, you know, they were trying to say that I think that, that um, something was geotagged, but uh, it was to the house next door. You know, it, there's a lot of like, bl- it's just unclear a lot of information. It's a lot of loose information, a lot of loose information. Yeah. And so we're going to find out, I guess, obviously sooner or later where this goes, but for now um, we're just still waiting, I guess, for the investigation to run its course and them to make a decision before we really we can have a discourse about 
what's going on with Zay. Um, but like you said, I mean, Steve Bishotti has said that, you know, he's not tolerating, you know, that type of behavior. So uh, we'll see how this goes moving forward. And we'll be talking about this more as things unfold. All right. So in terms of wide receiver, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty at the wide receiver position. We don't know how the situation with Zay will go. So there's that. Um, you have Rashad Bateman, who's going to be up for uh, a fifth year option. If, if the Ravens pick that up or not, we'll see how that goes. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. We know was a one year deal. I believe um, that Aguilar was also a one year deal. So um, there's some, I guess, blurry times ahead when it comes to the wide receiver position for the Baltimore Ravens. So when you look at this position, Cordell, uh, what do you think? How do you think that this goes? First and foremost, um, excluding Zay, because we really don't know what's going to happen with that, right? Let's go to Rashad Bateman. Do you think that they will exercise his fifth-year option? I don't. I, I think that'll be an easy decision um, for the Ravens. I, I I mean, and it's not that I don't think Rashad Bateman can play or isn't a good player or anything like that. It's just the way that this thing is unfolded. It's, it's not much to really talk about um, when you talk about Rashad Bateman and his career in Baltimore. Nothing but potential, optimism, you know, hope. That's all we can talk about when it comes to Rashad Bateman. I think we've all wanted Bateman to be better than it's been for him to this point. Last year, we were all having the debate, is he a wide receiver one? Is he not? Well, I think right now we can see that he's not a wide receiver one here in Baltimore. Um, and I, I, I don't know if that's what he is capable of being. I think he has the talent to be as good as he wants to be. Um, but for whatever reason, something hasn't worked for him on the field with Lamar Jackson. Um, so I don't I don't envision the Ravens picking up his fifth-year option. Um, it's tough for me to even envision Rashad Bateman being on this team next year, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, I just I, – I, you think back to last year, and I know he, he said that he and DaCosta smoothed things out. And not saying that they didn't. I'm sure they did um, to a degree. Um, but you combine that um, with – this year, and I'm sure this year was frustrating for him. He played in every game. That's the that's been the one thing for Rashad Bateman that he in his mind felt like he probably needed to do to maximize his potential was to just be on the field. And this year, to see him on the field and to see him pretty much have no type of impact on any of these games is I mean, what game can you mention Rashad Bateman having a good impact in? I can name a game or two where he had some negative impacts, but I can't name a game where I'm like, man, that's the Rashad Bateman game. I don't think he has one this year. So I, 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 I'm struggling to even envision him on the team. And like you said, we don't know what's going to go on with Zay, but we're now talking about the top two wide receivers on this team who we don't know what the future holds for them. We could be looking at the Ravens having to literally piece this wide receiver room together all over again from top to bottom. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, I don't think that and everything that's happened to Rashad Bateman this year was not all Rashad Bateman. No, yes, no. he's had some situations where, you know, he <clears throat> he dropped the ball or whatever. 
Um, but also, like, him and Lamar have zero chemistry, none. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what that's for. I don't know what that's about. There's quite a few times in the, the AFC Championship game I saw um, Rashad Bateman get separation, and he's not looking his way at all. And then the one time that I can recall him actually throwing the ball to Rashad Bateman, he's in double coverage. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know why they don't have a rapport. I can't explain it. That's something that we'd have to ask Lamar and Rashad. If, and I'm going to be honest, Cordell, um, if I'm Rashad Bateman, I'm asking for a trade. I'm asking mm-hmm. to get out because I want a fresh start. I want to start over somewhere that, that someone can appreciate what I can do. You know what I'm saying? And have an opportunity there. So I would not be surprised if at some point he just says decline, just decline it. And I'm going to move forward, you know, after next year, or if you find a trade suitor, you know, trade me if i can guess and i'm strictly guessing when you talk about the disconnect between lamar and rashad bateman if i'm looking at it from lamar's standpoint i think it's a i can't trust rashad bateman because a i don't know if he's going to give it a hundred percent on his route and b i don't know if he's going to run the right route um and for bateman i think for him it's I don't know if I'm going to get the ball. <laughs> That's the primary <laughs> thing. Yeah. And B, I don't know if I'm if I do get the ball thrown to me. I don't know if it's going to be on target. You know what right. I mean? It's, yeah. It's a combination of two. So I, I I think they both need a fresh start. And it seems like every time, uh, whether it's in practice or whether it's training camp or something like that, every time they seem like they could get on the same, they're getting on the on the rhythm together. Either Bateman gets hurt or somebody new comes in and fills that void. Uh, this year, Bateman got a late start to getting on the field. So Beckham and Flowers were able to build up that. Mind you, these are two newcomers, two receivers that are new to the team this year. They were able to build up that chem- and Nelson Aguilar, another one, third one. Yep. I would say have better chemistry with Lamar this year than Bateman. Three guys, three new guys come in and they're able to build that rapport with Lamar through uh, mini camp, through training camp. And Bateman, even when he's out there, he's on a schedule. So he's on and then he's off. Um, it's just tough to really do that. And that's the time of year where they really build that chemistry. It's not happening during practice throughout the course of the year. That's just fine tuning. But they're, they're, that chemistry is really birthed during the summer and they yeah. have not been able to really do that on a consistent basis. We got uh, Odell Beckham Jr. We got Nelson Aguilar, both of those guys. I'm, I'm sure it's up to, to have free agency. Do you think that there's an opportunity that either one of them come back? Uh, I think Beckham's probably gone. Um, I, I, I just, I think he served his purpose. Um, he helped get Lamar back in Baltimore long-term. He gave Lamar that veteran receiver that, you know, was able to in some ways find a way to be even more popular than Lamar. Um, I I think he helped be that mentor for Zay on the field. Um, So I think Beckham served his purpose, to be honest with you. I think he did exactly what the Ravens wanted him to do. Um, I think he's probably gone because I think, he does feel like he has more to give, and there is something. I mean, everybody tried to say Greg Roman, but it's something to the effect of wide receivers just can't get it all. You know, they they can't get everything that's on the bone here mm-hmm. in Baltimore, 
and, mm. and it's got to be mm. on. I'm sure some of it's on Lamar too. Some of it's mm. on when you're a mobile quarterback, it's it's very few mobile quarterbacks throughout history that are able to maximize that that end up having like great wide receivers next to them that have great years. Um, like Vic had like Portland Finnegan and those guys, but they weren't like elite wide receivers. They they tight ends. Algie Crumpler was Vic's guy. Same thing with Lamar. It's 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 kind of the same thing. Now the the one thing with Vic, obviously, the difference would be in Philly. Deshaun Jackson had a great year uh, with Michael Vic out there. Um, but I just say that to say I I think there's something going on. Something's going on to where these receivers that have been able to put up big numbers at times and elsewhere. And I don't think Odell Beckham would have put up huge numbers anywhere he went this year, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think there's something to receivers can't come, don't feel like they can come to Baltimore and be able to reach their full potential um, in this offense. And I think it's a variety of reasons. Like I said, you got to look at the quarterback. You got to look at what's happening on the field. Um, but Lamar has his, it seems like Lamar finds his two guys that he, that he likes this year. Those two guys were likely slash Andrews and Zay. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of the way it works. I think Beckham will be gone. I think he'll go try to go somewhere else and, and see if he can kind of pick up where he left off. He's not going to mm -hmm. get a million dollars in a year. Anymore. Oh. Um, I, I also don't think, uh, there's more that Beckham has as much left as maybe he believes, but maybe that's inaccurate if he's used the right way. I felt like the Ravens played him outside way too much. I think Beckham is definitely at this stage of his career. Is it's just not. Yeah, I agree. I, I have a, um, I think I have a suggestion here for the Ravens um, because you're right. Like, you know, it's not a Greg Roman thing. Like people would have liked it to be. It's some, it's a systematic thing here, apparently. Um, but I do not foresee Lamar not getting pass heavy in the playoffs. I'm sorry. Like, I know we sat here and said, oh, my God, how come y'all didn't run the ball? And it is a very valid argument. However, I don't see it changing if the Ravens get down. I don't. Um, I think Lamar is who he is. I think and probably can be a little stubborn at times. And he's not going to listen to anything that we have to say about it. I think that he believes in his ability to make plays with his arms and if they get down, that trend is going to continue. So if that's going to be the case, Cordell, this is what I would do personally if I'm the Ravens. I'm going to bolster up my wide receiving core. I'm going to give Mike Evans whatever it is that he's asking for. Whatever he wants, he can get. Because if you're going to be that guy that, in, in, that when you're down, you want to start throwing the ball because that's just – the philosophy that you have mentally, then you need a guy that's going to be able to get open and get it for you. And to me, because of his size, because of his ability to, you know, his catch ability, I'm going after Mike Evans. And I think that he would be what the Ravens need for when they get into situations like they did against the chiefs in order to get over the hump. Because again, I don't, I, as much as we complained about lack of the run game, I don't, I don't think it changes. I think that they're going to continue to do that because they it, it's proof in the pudding that that's what they've done. Essentially, in every playoff loss that they've had. So, I, 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 Well, number one, I can't dispute Mike Evans. I, I'm a huge Mike Evans fan. Anybody that gets Mike Evans, that's an instant upgrade. Um, 
I'm curious to see what happens with him in Tampa um, and what happens with him on the open market because he definitely is looking for money. And I, I don't know what the Ravens will have to offer him at that point. We'll see. I will say, um, I think to a degree, I agree that the Ravens are going to get past happy, happy in the postseason anytime they're down. As we can see, that's every team uh, really in the postseason. They seem to really go away from the run game when it seems like the game is kind of slipping away. I, I still firmly believe, though, if the Ravens get a running back that they truly believe can go out there and carry the load, then it'll be different. Um, I don't. It's, 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 like you said, some of the post, but we haven't seen them have that running back that you can say you can lean on. People will say Gus, but Gus wasn't that at the back end of this season. Mark Ingram in 19 was hurt going into that postseason game. I just don't, I think it's difficult if you have a, if you had a Saquon or you had one of these, if you have a CMC, for instance, and stuff like that, it's it's tough to not give those guys the ball. I, I, think I agree. Lean into, I think they'll lean into it a little more then. But yeah, when you've got Justice Hill and Gus Edwards and stuff like that, when your quarterback is your leading rusher, I continue to say it. He's he, Yeah, he's going to feel like I'm going to go to the pass because the alternative is he's got to run either way. He's got to make the play because he leads them in both departments. They've got to find somebody to take the rushing load off of Lamar. Cause right now the, Lamar's legs are a necessity and not, a, and not a benefit. It's not an extra benefit. They need somebody else that can be the brute or be the brunt of their, their run game. And the problem that I have is that they ain't even give it a chance. You no, bring in Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook doesn't get a touch in the AFC championship. I told you about that though. I told you. I told you about Dalvin Cook though. What in terms of what? That they that, that dude was going to just be on the sideline. That, yeah, and, and so then what's the point? I guess is my point, right? Then then what is exactly the point? If you felt like Dalvin Cook can bolster up your running game and you and and, and you don't utilize him, then what was the point? What in the words of Cardi B, what was the reason? That was I, and the that's the part that I don't understand. And I am concerned, Cordell, that no, yes, do I do what I like to believe if they brought in a better back like Saquon would make them change their philosophy. I would like to believe that, but I have to see that to believe that because all I have right now is what I've seen them do in situations where they were down. And that was taking, just completely going away from what got them there. And I, I am one to believe that that is going to continue to happen until it actually works. Right. And even if there's a running back that they get, if he can pass, I mean, if he can catch, if he can catch, he ain't gonna do nothing but throw the ball to him. He ain't gonna run either. So they got. I'm one of the people. You gotta show it to me. You gotta prove it to me because until you do, all I got is past incidents and what I've seen in the past. And if that's gonna be the case, if you are going to be the like, well, we down and and so we feel like we just needed to, to throw the ball, then go out there and get the best dude that is available that can get that ball. And that right now seems to be Mike Evans, who will be a free agent, you know, pending like if they don't tag him in Tampa this off season. So, you know, you can't, you can't do that with a rookie, a guy that you don't trust an older dude who you refuse to put in the slot and let, and, and you keep him outside. And Nelson Aguilar, who I had, I think that Nelson Aguilar was a great player this year for this team, but ultimately he's the number four guy. You're not going to be able to do that. 
So if, if that's if that's what you're going to keep doing, you need to bolster your wide receiving group. Period. And I and I didn't even mention Aguilar. I, I maybe I did in passing, but I, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't mind Aguilar being back. I, Me too. I, same. I actually like Nelson Aguilar. He was better than I think a lot of people thought he'd be. He he came in you know, in clutch situations for Lamar. I mean, you could see in his limited amount of opportunities, Lamar showed you trust him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I said it at the beginning of the year. The wide receiver room improved, yes. The wide receiver, this was the best wide receiver room Lamar has had in his career. Yes. But that is a very low bar to clear to this mm-hmm. point. Let's, let's understand that. Regardless of what was is going on with Zay right now, I still felt like they need to do they need to go out there and continue to breed, to to build up this wide receiver room because at best it's average. At best. I agree. I agree. Completely agree. And, and they have to fix it and again, if the playoffs of this if you're going to conform to this passing attack that you're not all year, then you better have a guy that's that's going to know how to step in no and kidding. be that guy. And maybe that's Zay, you know, if everything is clear and Zay is still a Raven moving forward, maybe he is the guy. But he's only – he just is a rookie now. He's only going into his second season. We don't know. I know what Mike Evans can do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And Or a guy like a Devontae Adams, if somehow the Raiders find a way that, you know, they want to move on from him. I know what those guys can do. Go out and get those guys. And that's basically all I'm sitting here to say. Because like you said, Cordell, that is an average wide receiver group. The best that Lamar's had, yeah. still average, though. So yeah. there's that. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening. Uh, we truly appreciate you. Just because it's the end of NFL season doesn't mean football talk stops. So we'll continue to have these conversations about the Baltimore Ravens as the offseason unfolds. Because you got free agency coming up, as we were just talking about. You got the draft that's coming up. You got the schedule release. And if you if you haven't noticed, the schedule is not pretty mm-hmm. for the Ravens. Once again, in 2024, it is Another gauntlet uh, because they won first place. So they're going to have to play Buffalo. They're going to have to play Houston. um, And we know that they play the AFC West. So it will be interesting to see how this goes. So we want to thank you all for listening. From Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 